Hey there, podcast listener. Chris Roseborough here right at the front of the podcast. Just want to remind you, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. If you don't already support us financially, we truly can use your help. So get on your computer. Go on over to fightingforthefaith.com. Click on one of the friendly yellow buttons and support us. And, of course, if you would like to do it the traditional way, make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send that to Post Office Box 508, Fishers, Indiana, zip code 46038. And let me thank you for your financial support because we truly can't do what we're doing here without it. All right, on to the program. I enjoyed making it. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Here we go. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Thursday, May 26th, 2011. All right, I'm going to do some... <laughs> I have been debating with myself all day about this program. And I've made the decision I'm going to go for it. You're going, uh, okay, what are you talking about? Hang on, I'll tell you in a second. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough, and I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. And there is no shortage of crazy things being said out there, and that being the case, you've got to have an open Bible, and you need to understand it's really not that hard to understand. Um, God used nouns and verbs and and pronouns and adverbs and you know and sentences to convey a message, which is actually pretty easy to get. In fact, we one of the things we believe in is the perspicuity of Scripture. Um, um, and one of the things I've told somebody in the past is that the, the secret behind God's Word is that there's really no secret. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Um, now, that, that's not to say that there are not some tough pieces to it, but overall, it's a pretty easy book. It's really about Jesus and what he's doing to save us. I mean, the problem is presented as our rebellion against God. The solution is the promised Messiah. From Genesis chapter three, we follow a uh, we follow the scarlet thread throughout all of uh, Jewish history, uh, bringing us to the birth of Jesus Christ, and he uh, fulfills the Mosaic law perfectly. He never sins. He dies as our substitute on the cross. He rises again, proving his claim to being God in human flesh. And proving that, uh, you know, a lot of other things too, but you, you get the gist of it. And then we're called to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. Not that difficult. And, and when you read the uh, the ancient church fathers, they had this thing that they called the rule of faith. Pretty simple stuff too. And, and if you want to know what the rule of faith is, it's just kind of a simple way of ordering what the scriptures are all about. And the rule of faith has come down to us in a polished format in uh, in the Nicene Creed. And so uh, we confess, you know, something as simple as I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's really simple. It's This is not hard to do, but, um, and uh, of course, we got the Apostle Jude telling us to 
contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. I mean, this isn't rocket science until somebody decides they don't agree with uh, what the Bible teaches and what the church has confessed from the beginning, and they start making stuff up. And that's what we have in Herald Camping. Now, one of the things that struck me as is, you know, as I continue to research this Herald Camping thing, you know, man, this is a problem that isn't going to go away anytime soon because, well, October 21st is five months away. And so you got a bunch of people running around the landscape basically claiming that, uh, you know, it's the end of the world on the 21st, although that doesn't seem to be their mission. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. You know, they they predicted the rapture for May 21st. It didn't happen. Uh, now October 21st is the thing. And, and you may know some people who are caught up in this. And and uh, my email box is, well, I, I got more than enough emails from people basically saying, well, what do I do? My my friend, my uh, my daughter, my, you know, they're caught up in this stuff. So that being the case, I've uh, made an executive decision. And that is, is that I'm going to do something that um, might seem kind of crazy. And you'll you'll understand why it's crazy as I get into this. But uh, I've been I've I've now gone through this three times uh, in preparation for the program. Um, I actually listened to the May twenty third open forum with Harold Camping. Uh, that was the first of his you know his the name of his radio program on Family Radio is called Open Forum, and uh, the whole world was watching him and he was eating you know, really in, reveling in the limelight so to speak. And um, one of the things that uh, is kind of a bummer about the way things are done in today's news cycles is that we get everything via soundbite. And so I've made the crazy decision that I'm going to play about 85 to 90% of uh, Harold Camping's open forum from uh, Monday, May 23rd, because I'm convinced that if people would just listen to this guy, they'd realize that he's a complete nut job. He doesn't know what he's saying. He, I mean, the guy is delusional and convoluted at best. And um, and the sound bites that you've heard, even though stuff that I've played here on the program, don't even come close to doing justice to the crazy kook factor uh, when it comes to Harold Camping. And so um, the best thing to do, I think, is for you to guy for well, for me, you, all of us to kind of bite the bullet. And even though listening to this guy is um, is, well, I would rather watch paint dry. I would wa- rather watch uh, the kids down the street having a snail race. I you know, there's a lot of things that uh, uh, that in the uh, easy to listen to fun radio department, uh, Harold Camping lacks. Um, but at the same time, I think we're just going to have to bite the bullet and listen to him, and I'm going to have to chime in. So today's edition of Fighting for the Faith is dedicated to a singular topic. I'm going to play about 85 to 90% of the May 23rd edition of Family Radio and let you all hear for yourself the crackpot that um, Harold Camping is. So uh, go grab some popcorn, fuzzy bunny slippers, tinfoil pyramid hat, uh, tweezers, duct tape, and bendy straws. I guarantee you're going to need all of that and an adult beverage to get through this thing. I, but you need to hear it. I, that's all I can say is you've got to hear this. How anybody takes this guy seriously is beyond me. Anyway, so with that, let's dive into the program proper. And um, here's Harold Camping. 
Welcome to the Open Forum. Once again, we have an opportunity to talk together. Well, not really. Tonight, this is a different kind of an open forum. And then tomorrow evening, the Lord willing, we'll go back to our regular open forum where we will be taking calls from our listeners. But tonight, we have uh, this is an open forum in which we have invited all of the news people that are interested in what's happening to family radio and what we're teaching uh, to come here and uh, and uh, I'm going to be speaking for a little bit because there's a lot of concern about what in the world is happening and and what I think and so on and uh, I very honorably have to face that and then we're going to give the press an opportunity to ask a few questions and that will be the way this program will be conducted tonight now, uh, now, now, right up front, I mean, he's basically he, he's putting on the pretense that he's doing the honorable thing. But when you listen to how he evades questions, there's no honor in any of this. Can we continue? Uh, there, you know, for many, many months now, we have been teaching uh, that May 21 is Judgment Day. And, uh, of course, this last weekend became a very interesting uh, weekend because May 21 came and is gone and uh, all the dire predictions that had been talked about did not come to pass and so the right they didn't come to pass at all not one person got raptured uh, you completely biffed it um, you know it, oh, yeah in fact how how you even can think that you have any credibility with anybody after this is beyond me the first question is, uh, camping, what are you, what, what about you? Uh, are you ready to shoot yourself or are you ready to uh, go on a booze trip or whatever? Well, I can tell you very candidly that uh, when May 21 came and went, it was a very difficult time for me, a very difficult time. Yeah, imagine how difficult it was for those people who spent all of their life savings getting the world word out about the end of the world and then, well, it didn't show up. I mean, can you, how awkward is that? You know, you pencil in end of world judgment day in your day planner and it doesn't happen. I was truly, a truly... Uh, uh, wondering what is going on. I went over in my mind, I went back through all of the promises that God has made, all of the proofs. All now listen carefully to the promises and the proofs. Of the signs and everything was fitting perfectly. Yeah, all of his calculations seemed on target. What in the world happened? And uh, I really really was praying and praying and praying oh lord what what what's what happened because all through this we have i have been just astounded at the way god had opened door after door after door now his experience now is god opened all these doors and it doesn't make any sense that well that you know the rapture didn't happen hmm he had sent wonderful people to us to manage our caravan, to manage our the putting out of... So the proof was the fact that uh, they had uh, all of these people volunteering to help them get the word out. That was a sign from God, apparently. 
billboards, the managing of our track distribution, and so on and so on. Uh, and uh, it's, it was just marvelous the way everything was going, to, uh, going together until May 21 rolled around, and then suddenly it looked like, what happened? What happened? Well, you know, I, was, I, I stayed away from home for one night because I'll tell you, the pressure from that phone ringing and the phone and the pressure of people knocking on my door because they wanted an interview was more than I could stand. And so my wife and I, we went to a motel someplace and spent the night there and, uh, and uh, watching TV, uh, looking what the news media was doing and praying and praying. Well, then something interesting happened. Uh, we, uh, I got home, and I began to look at some of the news articles in the local papers. And there was a new, and you know, the media, and you, you people know that as well as I do, that you are looking for, for information in any direction that you can go. And uh, someone called a friend of mine, Dr. Gabriel Otaro. Uh, and uh, talked with him. And what he had to say was put in, at least in part, was put in the newspaper. And when I read that, suddenly the light dawned. Suddenly I felt way better. Uh, you know, let me... He felt way better. Wow, okay, so something somebody said made him feel way better, but the rapture didn't show up just like... You, well, you said it would, and it didn't. Let me talk about Otero for just a moment. He was a... Please, Shara, you know, keep going. I mean, dig your hole deeper, please. He's been a dear friend of mine for over 30 years, and he was the founder of our family radio school of the Bible. He was the dean for many, many years. When I spoke at conferences, he very frequently was a, a, a also speaking at the same conference, and, and uh, even though he was... Uh, in some ways, he didn't understand everything I was teaching. Nevertheless, he was one individual that I could sit down and talk with and talk very candidly. And there were never, never was any contention between us at all. Fact is, every time he would visit Family Radio, I would, uh, I would be delighted to have him come into my office and we'd spend an hour or so together going through, the, uh, the, like, uh, uh, whatever it was. Well, then he was talking to the news media, and he made a statement, or the news did. I don't know whether the news media got it right, but at least the, this is what they claim he said. He says, you know, uh, when, May tw when uh, uh, September 7th rolled around or, uh, uh, in 1994, at the time I had was predicting then that there was a high probability that that might be the end of the world. He says, you know, I had a private discussion with Camping at that time, and, uh, and this is what I read in the news report. Uh, uh, Otero said, the Lord did return to earth on that date in a mystical way, taking the Holy Spirit back to heaven. And... Listen to this. Some guy said, you know, this is regarding one of Camping's old failed prophecies, is that the Holy Spirit did return on, well, judgment came about, and the Holy Spirit was taken back to heaven. This is what this guy has been teaching, that God the Holy Spirit on one of uh, Camping's failed prophecy days took the Holy Spirit back to heaven.
suddenly I felt better. I, the light dawned. Uh, he, this quotation is, was not quite accurate, but I did remember the conversation, even though it was all maybe 20 years ago or 18 years ago, uh, uh, because uh, we, we talked very candidly to each other. Uh, it, what, he should have, what he should have said is that I had said the Lord did, not, did return uh, to earth on that date to a mystical, in a mystical, mystical way, taking the Holy Spirit here to again begin to evangelize the world. Because on September 7th in, 19, uh, in uh, 1994, it is f a fact that God again began to evangelize the world outside of the churches. So uh, back in 1974, oh, the good news was is that God was beginning to evangelize the world once again. Apparently God had stopped evangelizing the world, and he was doing it outside of churches now. And Camping's the only one who saw this one coming. You catching a pattern here? And I thought, oh, there's the answer. We have been looking at the information in the Bible too earthly, too, uh, too, uh, li uh, too like, it, like, it, uh, like it was actually physically going to happen. Yeah, yeah, we thought the rapture, you know, that, you know, people, you know, bodies were actually going to disappear, you know. Oh, <laughs> now one of the things I want you to pay attention to, having listened to this three times now, this is my fourth time, my brain has been melted in my head, by the way, I think I'm probably going to be useless for about the next 10 years. Um, yeah, it's, it's, eh, sorry, it's like exposure to radiation or whatever. He never actually explains nothing. He just says, oh, well, we were explaining. We understood it too literally, too physically, and we should have understood it spiritually. But then he never goes back and explains how from the Bible, oh, this was what we're supposed to be understood spiritually rather than physically. He just completely is glossing the whole thing. Just painting with a broad brush. Oh, yeah, we didn't see that one coming. Ah, oh, yeah, silly us. We thought it was physical, and it, it, rather, and it, the whole time it was spiritual. And then he never gives any of the details as to how the passages that he was taking literally really should have been understood spiritually. He just this is a big whitewash. This is a big gloss over the whole thing. No details given. Oh, man. When the Bible is a very spiritual book, and uh, there's a lot of things in it that are very factual, of course, very factual. But there's also a lot that is very spiritual. And uh, But how to know whether to look for it as a, in its spiritual understanding or its physical understanding is a very, very difficult task. Yeah, why don't you share, spend some time, you know, like unpacking that thought for us. But it suddenly it dawned on me, oh, I see what happened. We were convinced that on May 21, a God would return here in a very physical way, that is, that in a, by bringing a great earthquake and by ushering in the final five months of the Day of Judgment. And so it was a spiritual earthquake that took place. And it was spiritual judgment that take, took place. Hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and the fact is, when we 
look at it spiritually, then we find he did come. He did come. Now, let me back up. So he came spiritually. That's kind of convenient, don't you think? I mean, Jesus actually did come, but he came spiritually. You can't see it. Trust us. We understand. But we know this is true because our math had to be right. It couldn't possibly be wrong. Let me, uh, the fact is, you're going to find out that I'm going to be saying there's not a new date. There's not a new date. We've already been talking uh, again and again about uh, the end of the world being October 21 in 2011. October 21. And, uh, but we have not emphasized that because the first, the first down payment or the beginning of it was the fact that we would see all of these things happening and usher into a five-month period of very, very terrible time. Uh, and uh, you know, I I I listen to I listen to uh, everybody, and and but I always check them out with the scriptures before I uh, follow that. But but today I received a a letter from somebody, uh, one of our listeners. Now he's going to read a, a listener email, and that's that's gonna, supposedly going to help him here. and I want to read it. It's a very very nice. A uh, nice uh, uh, statement, uh, and I, 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 I think I'm learning something from it. The great earthquake and rapture and, and the universe melting in fervent heat will all happen on the last day, October 21, 2011. On the last day, well, that's what we've been saying. Is the f- yeah? Are they going to say when that when October twenty second rolls around? Are they going to say, oh well, that was a spiritual melting of the elements? Final day. That they were not. That that's that's we, that agrees with exactly what we were saying. Then this person said, the great earthquake and rapture and the universe melting in fervent heat will all happen on the last day, October. 21 2011 in other words we uh, we've been teaching that it would happen on may 21 but it's all going to be compressed on the last day and this person has got an insight here that of course we're going to be checking out very carefully the greater we're, we're gonna be checking out very carefully we're, we'll check our facts but we think this e- this this emailer that they're on to something but we're we'll check our our facts later, but we're pretty sure they're on to something really important. Okay. Earthquake didn't happen on May 21st because no one, no, because no one will be able to survive it for more than a few days or let alone five months to suffer God's wrath because everything will be leveled and destroyed after that great earthquake, and there will be no food source and water source to keep anyone alive, and there will be no shelter. And for the great earthquake to come to shake all the dead from out of the graves is a very massive and intense earthquake that will break the earth's very fragile and light crust into many pieces, which will begin to sink into the Earth's inner mantle, which is very hot molten lava, which is known as the Earth's magma, which is liquid from for, for liquid iron because the Earth is always re, rotating very fast, and the Earth's crust is still is just floating on top of the Earth. 
Yeah, I have no idea what uh, hot magma and the mantle and all that kind of stuff has to do with his failed prophecy. Uh, on top of the Earth's mantle. So if the Earth's crust is broken into pieces, it will begin to sink into the Earth's, Earth's uh, mantle, and this will begin the beginning of the universe melting in fervent heat, which will not take long. I'm not so sure that I, all of that uh, statement is accurate about the mantle and so on. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what any of this has to do with anything. So the reason why the big earthquake didn't take place is because, well, that would have accidentally, you know, triggered like the real whole end of the world. And it was only supposed to be the rapture that was taking place on that day. Got it. OK. But anyway, this is what this person wrote. Because now this but now this statement is a good statement. Because God is a merciful and loving and compassionate God. He will not let anyone suffer hell on earth for five months. As we can see that God will not let anyone suffer for an eternity in hell. So okay, Now, he denies the doctrine of hell, by the way. Hmm. As we can see that there is no eternity in hell, as God is a loving and compassionate and merciful God, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and tomorrow. So if we have... The, if, if we have no eternal hell doctrine, then we should also expect that no hell on earth for five months doctrine, because it is not in God's holy and perfect character to have any law. So, so, yeah, so because he denies the doctrine of hell, you can't, you, you can't have a hell on earth doctrine either. <laughs> you might want to inform Rob Bell about that. Uh, you know, so he's just trying to be, you know, doctrinally consistent. You see, because I mean, if the tri I mean, the whole idea of five months of tribulation on Earth—that's five months of hell on Earth. And since they don't believe in the doctrine of hell, they they can't have hell on Earth because that's that's not in keeping with the uh, character of God. Does it? Does it? And does does this sound like he's completely winging it to you? It should. Long-term suffering for anyone. Now, I want to echo that. that that's, that's a very excellent statement because the Bible tells us that Christ has no, uh, no, uh, uh, has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And as I've said repeatedly, when Christ looked at Jerusalem that was under the wrath of God, uh, and he wept over it. Almighty God, Christ never ceased to be Almighty God. And he's weeping over Jerusalem that is under his wrath. And uh, that tells us something, that God is a very compassionate God. Yes, yes, God's very compassionate. And that's why the uh, rapture had to be spiritual, because if it had been physical, then it would have, that would have been inconsistent with his nature. Yeah, again, the reason I'm playing all of this is because I think one of the biggest uh, ways to cure somebody of being a campingite is for them to actually critically think through what it is this man is even saying. All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so at my email address, talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, or you can ask to be my friend on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian, or you can follow me on Twitter. My name there, Pirate Christian. We'll be right back.
We don't need to rethink Christianity. We need to rediscover it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. Python's Flying Circus Church. Welcome to Build-A-God. How can I help you? Hi, I got this Build-A-God certificate from a fellow co-worker, and I came to check it out. Oh, that's nice of your friend. You must be excited. Well, uh, what exactly are we doing here? Oh, you silly man. We're building your very own deity. I don't feel comfortable doing this. Seems sort of like blasphemy. Oh, don't be silly. Everyone does this. Let me help you. First off, you decide whether your god is male, female, or unisex. Well, the Bible talks about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it also says that Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day, so he has to be male. You? Okay. Next, we have to define the attributes of your god, like whether he's loving, kind, or compassionate. Well, in the Bible, God is just, he's merciful, he's righteous, and he's wrathful, all at the same time. Okay, then. Well, what is your God's take on sin? He fully condemns it. It's pretty obvious what God thinks of sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Humanity's only hope is in the blood Jesus shed on the cross. Are you saying your God doesn't accept gays? Don't think so. God destroyed Solomon and Gomorrah with hellfire and brimstone because of it. I don't think he has a very high opinion of it. C could you excuse me for one moment? Sure. Hello? Can you get me the mall security? Thank you. <laughs> Sir, I would be a religious terrorist here. <laughs> yes! He's a closed-minded Bible believer. <laughs> yes. I'll distract him while I wait for your men to arrive. Thank you. I'm excited to announce the arrival of our latest book. It's entitled The Sufferings of Jesus Christ for Sinners, a series of sermons delivered by Martin Luther, edited by, well, me, Chris Rosebro. This collection of sermons defines what it means to be Christ-centered and cross-focused. They masterfully deliver both law and gospel so that your sins are brought to light and Christ's sufferings and blood are placarded in order to bring you to repentance and the comforting assurance of God's love, mercy, and forgiveness. Luther's style in these sermons is bold, in-your-face, uncompromising, and and pastoral. These sermons are expository in their delivery and read like a lay-level Bible commentary and are perfect for both devotional as well as theological reading. You can get your copy of The Sufferings of Jesus Christ for Sinners a couple of ways. One, visit fightingforthefaith.com, click on the Join Our Crew button, and join our crew anytime between now and the end of May of 2011, and you'll receive an email giving you instructions on how you can download your copy of this wonderful little book. Of course, if you'd like to pay for it without joining our crew, you can do so by visiting piratechristianradio.com forward slash suffering. That's piratechristianradio.com forward slash suffering. You'll see a couple of links whereby you can purchase it, download it, and begin reading it immediately. This is not a book that you're going to want to miss, and this is not the kind of book that sits idly on your in your library. This is one that you're going to definitely want to read 
over and again. It's that good. So what are you waiting for? Get your copy today. Right, we're back. What a mess. Warning, according to the biblical definition of a false prophet, Harold Camping is a false prophet. You are not to be listening to this man. At least not for doctrinal reasons. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts, financial contributions, in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you. Uh, we're in the middle of a drive to add 350 new crew members. We've just passed the one-third of the way there. Mark, thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you who've joined our crew. Uh, those of you who haven't joined yet, we truly do need you to join our crew so that we can continue to make budget and continue to bring Fighting for the Faith and Pirate Christian Radio to you. You can do that by visiting our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see two friendly yellow buttons. One says donate, the other says join our crew. When you join our crew, you're signing up to automatically contribute $6.95 to the ongoing work and mission of Fighting for the Faith. That's on a monthly basis. Of course, if you would like to uh, specify the amount that you would like to contribute, you can do so by clicking on the donate button, or you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to post office box 508 Fishers, Indiana, zip code 46038. All right, let's continue with Camping's explanation I, uh, uh, from Open Forum from May 23rd as to why the rapture didn't take place. Matt, this guy's doctrine, his it's all over the map. Here we go. And while the law of God demands that there has to be punishment, it does not mean that uh, God is going to uh, go, going to uh, punish and punish and punish and punish. One of the wonderful things that God has taught us in these last uh, months and last years is that what the churches have been teaching all through time. And I used to teach this. All- Listen to this: the churches all through time have been wrong. Now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Jesus say to the apostles in Matthew 28, uh, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Um, and, you know, lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And, and the gates of hell, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. This is what Jesus said regarding the uh, the church. And apparently, well, uh, Harold Camping has something in common with the Mormons. And the thing that he has in common with them is, is that like the Mormons, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, like other cult leaders, he claims that the church has got it wrong through all of history, that the gates of hell apparently did prevail against the church. Hmm. Also, because I was brought up in a church, namely that on the last day, you're going to be resurrected if you've died as an unsaved person, and you're going to stand before Christ as the judge. And you're going to be found guilty, and the sentence is going to be passed away to hell you go. And that's the language I've used repeatedly through the years. Uh, and you're going to be suffering there forever and ever. Of course, that was real nice for the churches because then someone... If so some- now he's going on a tirade against all those false churches out there. And yet, funny enough, it's not the church who's been putting dates on when the rapture is going to take place. Hmm. Someone asked uh, uh, what, uh, what, uh, uh, with that kind of punishment, I'm frightened out of my skin. What can I do? 
And then the churches came along, and they every congregation had a plan where they would show people how to become saved. You have to accept Christ. You have to do this. You have to be baptized in water. And, you, and the other thing, and you know, if you join our church and follow all that we are doing, then you will also... Uh, uh, you will be you can know that you're a saved person and when you die you're going to go to heaven you can depend upon it so it really was a terrific club that the churches could use to bring people so notice he's speaking pejoratively derogatorily against the churches that teach the doctrine of hell and but of course you know i, I can't believe that he even has the audacity to speak to besmirch churches that teach the doctrine of hell when it's so clearly taught by Jesus, and yet he, he's the one who has predicted the end of the world falsely. Now what? Three times? I, unbelievable! Into uh, into uh, their their congregation, and that's the way congregations were built. Now we have learned in these last years, and I teach it very freely. That no, the rages of sin is death, and after you're dead, you're dead, and you have no more conscience. Yet, yet the uh, the apostle Paul says, you know, I, I'm torn between the two things. Uh, you know, uh, what shall I do? Remain in the body or depart and be with Christ, uh, which is far better. That's what the apostle Paul says in Philippians. Uh, Jesus says that you know, and, and wasn't it Elijah and Moses that came and appeared with Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration? And Jesus says, "God is not the God of the dead, but the living." I mean, that the, the two stories aren't together like that. But the point is, is that yet the Scriptures clearly teach that we are conscience after death, and that God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Uh, Elijah and Moses were there visiting with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. The Apostle Paul says. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, you know. Um, hmm. There's lots of problems here, folks. This existence, none. And uh, and uh, it's true that in the day of judgment, there would be uh, shaming of those that are left behind or that were thrown out of the, or those who died during the day of judgment but they would not have any conscious existence of this. So that this, this person who's written this has really understood that. But now she, uh, this person goes on, uh, camping should use the immediate and interested media to proclaim the end of the world on October 21, 2011, and to let the media know that God showed us that no man knows the day or the hour of his return is proven to us by this May 21st date when the great earthquake and rapture didn't happen. And as God... It sounds like he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth, doesn't it? God is humbling us and throwing and uh, throwing us his glorious and perfect character of love and mercy and compassion. God did not allow the great earthquake to happen. Yet so... Yet as that yet so that no man will have to suffer for five months of hell on earth. And as God is a merciful and loving and compassionate God, he allowed the warning of the end of the world to go out into the world. So now the warning of the end of the world is is not... is... is... Well, let me skip that. 
uh, is truly uh, going to yeah because this person isn't making any sense come uh, is not or it's not at the beginning of judgment day may 21st the five months of the day of judgment on earth as god will judge all people of the world as this will show the righteous from the scoffers and mockers in the last days as we can see in the book of revelation in the holy bible because we want the Bible to be true as we proclaimed over the end of the world to be October 21st, 2011. Now that, that letter came from somebody who's not a, a not a uh, theologian of any kind, and yet... Yeah, no kidding, serious, yeah, that was hard to figure out. It's, it's got a lot of sense to it. Now the fact... Yeah, it has a lot of sense, all right, it has a lot of nonsense. It is that when we analyze, and now uh, this past few days has been a learning program, believe you me, for me. Oh, I'm so glad you're learning from this experience. And I hope it has been for others. Actually, there are four days that are very crucial, very crucial in the end time. And at this point in time, we're not... We've talked about all four of these days in the past. We've written about them, and we're not making any changes in, in, in the four days, except on the emphasis on a couple of the days, on one of the days. Okay, now listen, it's going to be a litany of all of the days that he's predicted that nothing's happened. The first part of the end of the world began on May 21, 1988. Uh, it was at that time that God brought his judgment on all of the church congregations. And we've been teaching that for, or oh, at least... Yeah, they, God brought his judgment on all the churches. All the churches are wrong. So, uh, and camping, is, see, that that was the first important date. And really, can you back that up from any Bible passages? Because Jesus said the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against the church. At least the last 10 years, very definitely that on May 21, that was a, that was a day before uh, Pentecost in 1988, when God began uh, to bring judgment on the church age. And the Bible is dripping with all kinds of information that indicates that God was so upset with the churches. And as they have gone, as they have developed their own rules of of what the nature of salvation is and, and the authority of God, for example. See, God's mad at the churches because of all the things that they've done wrong, but he's got it all right. Don't worry. Well, I've said this repeatedly. There is no church that believes that every word in the original language, uh, in the Bible, in the original language, came from the lips of God. No church does. My church does. I don't know what you're talking about. Does I grew up in a church that did not believe that. The church fathers, the church theologians did not believe that. I've checked them out. I've read lots of theological books on this. And I Yeah, so give me examples of how all the church fathers denied the Bible to be the Word of God. You got, you got any samples there, Harold? Uh, you, know, uh, you know, just a trace sampling would be fine. I find that is the case. Uh, they simply said that Paul said this, Moses said that, Jeremiah said something else, Matthew said something else, when they should have been saying constantly, God said this. 
And he. Uh, this isn't an example, by the way. If you understand, uh, you know, how the inspiration of Scripture. Just because you said the Apostle Paul wrote something doesn't mean that you're denying that the Holy Spirit inspired it. it, it oh, unbelievable. He, he gave the message that he wanted to tell to Paul or to Moses or to whoever it was. And so, and so uh, uh, that's, it makes a tremendous difference on how important the Bible is. If it came from the lips of God, then you tremble before it. You really... Yeah, we understand that, but even my church, we totally affirm that all of the scriptures is God-breathed. What are you talking about, sir? We tremble before it. If it came from the lips of Paul or from Moses, you can say, well, he was a human being and he had some limitations, but God does not have any limitations. Well, anyway... In, in, so at the, finally, in May 21 of 1988, and we already be, have been teaching that for at least the last 10 years or longer. And uh, he's proud of this fact. I mean, he's, he is a false prophet how many times over? And he's sticking to his guns here. Un unbelievable. Uh, we wrote a book. I wrote a book, The End of the Church Age and After. It was published in in 2002, the year 2002, which was nine years ago, although I had been teaching it for several years before that. And at that time, there was judgment and there was salvation in view. Let me explain. The gospel message has two sides to it. It has salvation, it has judgment. The gospel message is teaching that God is a God of law. The whole Bible is a law book. And, and when we break the slightest command... Such as the command, you will not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Blasphemy. To use God's name to teach falsely. To bear false witness. You know, to lie to people. How about those sins? We're under the judgment of God. Salvation comes if Christ made payment for our sins somehow, then then we are not going to be uh, brought to task for that because Christ satisfied the law by making the payment. And that's the nature of the gospel. There is salvation through Christ. There is judgment for those who do not have uh, Christ having made payment for them. Yeah, but there's no there's no salvation if you're in the church because back in May of 21st of 1980 something, God judged the uh, the uh, the churches and there's no salvation in the churches. He took away the Holy Spirit and Harold Camping was the only one who figured this out. And so here on May 21, 1988, the salvation aspect was. Uh, a terrible thing to the churches because at that point God Christ left the churches and installed Satan there we've been teaching this for years and years and years so uh, oh man Christ left the churches in 1988 and uh, and uh, so it was a judgment uh, and uh, uh, to make the judgment more severe God actually enlisted Satan who is the enemy of God, to rule in the churches. So, it, so now Satan rules the churches. Wow. And 
he's the only one who's figured this out. See, not only, I mean, seriously, Jesus Christ himself said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And here Harold Camping is saying that God himself, that Jesus put Satan in charge of the churches. Seriously? Unbelievable. It was a terrible, terrible year. A terrible time. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I mean, Satan is now in charge of the church. I mean, 1988, who knew? Then the next thing that happened was in the year 1994, the year that we that I identified with the book that I had written, 1994, question mark. Uh, it is uh, there again. There was judgment and there was salvation. The uh, the uh, uh, it, it was at that time that it was the Feast of the Trumpets, and just like May 21, 1988, was the day after the Feast of Pentecost. These are uh, these are biblical feast days that are to help to. Stri- you know, I'm sure that the the press corps that's there that was there was their their eyes were probably glazing over at this point. Structure God's plan for the end. Everything in God's plan fits a very, very uh, structured way. It is not by whim or caprice or by random access of some kind. It's all very structured. And, the, and on sep- September 7th, 1994, when I uh, said there was a high likelihood it was ju- Judgment Day, it is true. There was judgment on the in a terrible way, and there was salvation in a wonderful way. The salvation came because for the previous 2,300 days from May 21, 1988 till September 7, 1994, virtually no one could be saved in the entire world. We didn't Really? Uh, tell us some more. So hardly anybody could be saved during that time. Wow. I'm so glad you figured all that out using your biblical numerology. Didn't even know how bad it was. We family radio. It was, was so bad that nobody even knew. Was broadcasting in those days, and we had no idea what was really going on until later on, as we continued to study the Bible. But on September seventh, uh, then God uh, uh, brought um, even more judgment on the churches because in the world where God had judgment had begun, God lifted that judgment and began to uh, uh, allow the uh, uh, people to become saved outside of the churches, leaving the churches under judgment. So it was a horrible day for the churches. They yes, tell me more. Continued under the judgment of God. It was a wonderful day for the world because the world now people could again become saved. God began to... Yeah, see, back in 74, thanks to the numerology of Harold Camping, the world again could become saved. Right. Bring in a final in-gathering. Well, then, then, uh, and, and that September 7th was a very special day. It was called the... The theologians call it the Feast of Trumpets, but actually it would have been better called a Feast of the Memorial of the Jubilee. Now, the Jubilee is a year, is a feast day that comes every, a feast year that comes every 50 years in the, in the biblical calendar. Uh-huh. And, Tell us more, uh huh. And the purpose of the Jubilee 
is to tell the world that they can be made free from their bondage. It is to declare the gospel to the world. And that happened on September 7th. But it was spiritual. It was not a physical time when Christ came uh, to bring further judgment on... Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know how anybody can think this guy's a Christian. ...on the church and to bring wonderful salvation to the world. But it, uh, it was spiritual altogether. And the evidence that God had, uh, had uh, really done this to the churches has been seen ever since. If we take, and I've used this illustration again and again, if we take a, a snapshot of the churches 50 years ago and compare them with the churches of our day, they're entirely different on the average, entirely different. Mm, okay, yeah, all of them, hmm. They have far less respect for the Word of God. They have uh, uh, far different rules for marriage and divorce. They have far different music most of the time in the churches. A lot of people ask me from time to time. They ask me, oh, no, 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 in our church, we love the Lord. Oh, we love the Lord. And, yeah, but you really don't, really. Okay. And uh, and uh, we had 10 people make confession of faith last week. And I begun to ask them, because I know something about what's going on in the churches. I said, okay, well, we'll hold on for just a minute. we got to pause for a second. Okay, we're, we're, I want to go on with this monologue. And the fact is that on May 21... Uh, May 21, 2011, this last weekend, uh, at that time, again, judgment and salvation is in view. Uh, the fact is that the, the, uh, the, uh, in, uh, on uh, May 21, 1988, judgment came upon the church, upon the churches. On, May, on September 7, 1994, the judgment continued on the churches, and it will be, remain there all the way to the end. Now, are you beginning to see why it is that I decided to play this whole thing? I, I, as painful as it is to listen to all of this, you need to hear this, because this... No soundbite is capable of, of, of basically doing what we're doing here, long-form discernment. This guy's a complete crackpot. And, I mean, he stood in front of the whole world trying to explain this to everybody. Unbelievable. I, that's, <laughs> I mean, this is this defies belief. This is, be, I, 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 I. I mean, seriously, how anybody could take, I mean, he's the only one who's discovered this. There was no salvation in any of the churches. Satan is now in charge of the churches, and he figured all this out using math. Uh-huh. And yet Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It just comes down to who are you going to believe. He's been proven to be a false prophet not once, not twice, three times, and uh, he's he's now lecturing everybody. He had a forum for the whole planet. I mean, the the press corps of the whole world was practically sitting there in Oakland, in you know his family radio headquarters, so that he can spew off all of this nuttery, unbelievable. We got more of this coming. You, you don't. You're just not going to want to miss it. You know. Anyway. All right, we're up on our second break. If you would like to uh, email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address, talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. 
Facebook.com, or you can follow, my, follow me on Twitter. My name there, Pirate Christian. Follow me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pirate Christian. My brain is mush. We'll be right back. Because only good theology leads people to heaven, you're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough! Of this sissy, pansy, turning photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. I'm excited to announce the arrival of our latest book. It's entitled The Sufferings of Jesus Christ for Sinners, a series of sermons delivered by Martin Luther, edited by, well, me, Chris Rosebro. This collection of sermons defines what it means to be Christ-centered and cross-focused. They masterfully deliver both law and gospel so that your sins are brought to light and Christ's sufferings and blood are placarded in order to bring you to repentance and the comforting assurance of God's love, mercy, and forgiveness. Luther's style in these sermons is bold, in-your-face, uncompromising, and pastoral. These sermons are expository in their delivery and read like a lay-level Bible commentary and are perfect for both devotional as well as theological reading. You can get your copy of The Sufferings of Jesus Christ for Sinners a couple of ways. One, visit FightingForTheFaith.com, click on the Join Our Crew button, and join our crew anytime between now and the end of May of 2011, and you'll receive an email giving you instructions on how you can download your copy of this wonderful little book. Of course, if you'd like to pay for it without joining our crew you can do so by visiting piratechristianradio.com forward slash suffering that's piratechristianradio.com forward slash suffering you'll see a couple of links whereby you can purchase it download it and begin reading it immediately this is not a book that you're going to want to miss and this is not the kind of book that sits idly on your in your library this is one that you're going to definitely want to read over and again it's that good so what are you waiting for get your copy today All right, we're back. Hour number two of Fighting for the Faith. We're well into our Harold Camping open forum review. This guy is a nut. How anybody could take him seriously as a Bible teacher is beyond me. I mean, it's like God sent a delusion or something. Good night. All right, uh, hang on to your hats. Let's dive back into it. Here's Harold Camping again. But on the wor- in the world, God lifted that, and we saw that salvation began again outside of the churches. Salvation began again outside of the churches. Wow. Now, when, when God brought judgment on the 
uh, churches in May 21, 1988. Uh, he also brought judgment on the on the uh, on the uh, the world on the world. But as I indicated on September 7, 1994, he lifted that judgment. But now on May 21, this is last weekend, and this is where the spiritual aspect of it really comes through. Oh, yeah, so exciting, this spiritual aspect. God again brought judgment on the world. From May 7, 1994, until May 21, 2011, the world was not under judgment. It was still an opportunity to become saved out there. Yeah, but now not anymore. You can't get saved anymore. But on May 21, 2011, we didn't feel any difference. We didn't see any difference in the world. But we know from the Bible that God brought judgment day to bear on the whole world. The whole world is under judgment day. And uh, this is a, uh, it, and it will continue right up until uh, uh, October 21, 2011. And uh, at that time, the whole world will be destroyed. And so this is, this is why we don't, have, we, don't, we don't have to talk about this anymore. The world is under judgment. We have... The, uh, oh, uh, lucky we, us. Lucky us. We don't have to talk about Judgment Day anymore because the world's under judgment. Salvation's not possible anymore. We're not going to be passing out any more tracts. We're uh, talking about Judgment Day. We're not going to put up any more billboards. They're, in fact, they're all coming down right now. We're not going to be... Uh, uh, advertising in any way, anywhere, about Judgment Day. That's all done. Oh, good. So we don't have to hear from you guys anymore. <laughs> I was worried about that. That's all done. The world has been warned. My, it has been warned. And it's uh, we did our little share, and then the media picked it up. Boy, did they did they really pick it up. And But now the world has been told. The world is under judgment. And... Uh, the next, the the, uh, the finish of that five months is five months from now, from May 21, will be as we learn from the Bible. October 21 is the same. We aren't changing a date at all. We're just we're just uh, learning that we have to be looking at all of this a little bit more spiritual. But yeah, more spiritual. And see, the moral of the story is, if you're going to predict the end of the world, use two dates so that when uh, the first one doesn't come to pass, you can just fall back to the second one won't be spiritual on October 21 because the Bible clearly teaches that then the world is going to be uh, destroyed altogether. And yeah, didn't we hear you using those exact words? The Bible clearly teaches that the rapture is on May 21st. The, in fact, the billboard said the Bible guarantees it. Hmm. And, uh, and, but it'll be very quick. It'll, it, it won't be a five-month uh, terrible difficulty as we thought it was. That, that we have learned is where we've been taught. You know, <laughs> the, the fact is, when you study the Bible, you're always learning, always learning. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. We, we had all of our dates correct. We had all the proofs correct. They don't change at all. Every proof, every sign is all correct. The only thing is, God had not opened our eyes yet to the fact that May 21 was a spiritual coming, uh, whereas uh, 
Uh, we had thought it was a physical coming, but he has come. He has come in a sense that he now has the world under judgment. And so we are, we're, our task is done. We're, from now on, our, our programming is going to be uh, uh, lots of music and lots of teaching to those who are children of God and trying to encourage them how to live a life that is faithful to the Word. Yeah, so if you're already saved, uh, you know, in Camping I Cell, there's no salvation outside of, uh, in the churches, because Satan runs the churches. Uh, and this has been the case since 1988, apparently. Um, yeah, but the good news is if we won't have to see any more billboards and stuff like that. The camping guys can just stick to themselves, you know, listen to Christian music and uh, and pray and, and, and lead God-pleasing lives all the way up till October 21st. Word, it's uh, the whole business of Judgment Day and all the terrible things we've been saying in the past will all be gone. We're at that point where we're ready to take a, a question or two from you if you if you uh, uh, have a question yes mr camping this is mr camping will you mr camping uh, will you on october 21st will you give away all your worldly possessions since you won't need them anymore now watch his watch his argument i mean he, basically at this point this is what we call calling someone's bluff and no, you should have framed the question as, listen, you know, I want you to deed over to me, you know, since you say the judgment day is on this particular day, put your money where your mouth is. Deed over to me your home, your bank account, all of family radio uh, to be given to me on October 22nd. The Bible guarantees that Jesus is going to have Judgment Day come on October 21st. You can put your money where your mouth is. Deed it on over. Watch what he does with this question, though. I mean, totally evades it. It almost sounds like he's hedging his bets. It almost sounds like he doesn't believe October 21st is really the Day of Judgment. Listen in. Well, but you see, I get that asked all the time. I don't need my, well, I'm still living, I still have to live in a house. I still have to pay my bills. I still have to drive a car. And, uh, and when Christ comes, whatever I have left, I'm going to leave behind. So why would I get, a, get, get rid of it? I still have to live till the end. The end is five months away now. So uh, I, why would I give it all away? I don't understand that question. How about on the day before, on the 20th? I'm sorry? How about on the day before? Well, but what would be the value of that? What, what, what? Why would I give it away? Because if if it's Judgment Day, it means that it's the end. It's like he's purposely trying to be obtuse. Into the world, and so whoever I gave it to, what could they do with it? Is that that doesn't follow? I I I just have no interest in that kind of a question. Yeah, uh, Mr. Capping, yeah. uh, Christian Post. Uh, you just said that the. Uh, that your next prediction is October 21st, right? Well, many people sold their property for May 21st, and um, what can they do right now? Uh, they're flat broke. You know, what would you take responsibility you, for that? You know, let me explain something. We and Family Radio never tell anyone what they should do with their possessions. Okay, now, here's the deal, is that the question has to do with those people who believed Harold Camping was correctly handling the Bible. 
and that the Bible really revealed that the rapture and judgment day, the great earthquake, all the things that were supposed to happen on May 21st were going to happen. And they spent their money, their fortunes, um, gave up you know, their lives in, in order to spread the word that May 21st was the day of judgment. Bible guarantees it. Now, well, the, the world tarries. They weren't raptured. Um, man, I mean, so um, apparently Jesus wasn't merciful to uh, his true followers there. I mean, now he's left them with nothing. And camping here is basically saying, well, we don't give people financial advice. What they do is their own decision. We didn't tell them to do that. We're not responsible. That's totally between them and God. And uh, I get uh, people call me sometimes and say, what should I do? I said, please pray about it. I'm not going to give you any advice. And it is true that a few people have. One thing I notice, however, and that is that when, when a person is, when they talk to one person who maybe has sold his possessions, maybe, and they then magnify that like everybody's doing that, that isn't true at all. That isn't true at all. There are a few. Yeah, the, the point is, is that there are people who've done that, Harold, um, and they did it because they thought you were correct. They thought that you were teaching that Jesus was coming back physically, that they would be raptured physically, and now you're saying it's spiritual because you, well, you, well, you've learned some good things now. I mean, that's so helpful for you. But what about them? Two people that did, did and undoubtedly, but it doesn't and. There's, there are people who, for example, have, have, I know a few of them that have given up their jobs in order to work for Family Radio, give their time, and they do it because they love the Lord. And they, it's, they, they are, they're, they're getting the, the spiritual blessing of it. But that doesn't mean everybody's doing that, not a bit. Why is there camping? Yeah. You were very certain before the 21st of May. And you said that God had opened your spiritual eyes. Yet now this weekend you say that you've learned a lot about the Bible, a lot that was hidden. What is there to say that there's still a lot to be learned about the 21st of October? Help me, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What's to say that uh, you, you 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 haven't really got all of the mate, uh, the October 21st stuff right yet either? Right. Logical. Good question. He's saying that you said that the Lord has opened your eyes May 21, but now you're saying, and you were sure that May 21 was the day, but now you're saying October 21 is the day. But we've always said October 21 was the day. That's not new. I'm not saying. Uh, no, that's not exactly true. You You gave two dates. One was the rapture, the great earthquake, to kick off the tribulation, this horrible, terrible stuff that was going to be happening. And apparently the only people who've experienced tribulation are those who've lost their entire life savings and are left destitute, having spent their personal fortunes to spread the word that Jesus was coming back to rapture people and Judgment Day began on May 21st. Oh, uh, uh, I've learned some important stuff. That date, oh, I, oh, God has revealed finally that that was actually spiritual stuff, not physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Getting a new date at all. I'm only saying that we didn't understand altogether the spiritual meaning of what it, May 21 was a day when Christ came and 
and put the world under judgment. Absolutely. There is a big change in the world. They're under judgment where they were not on May 20. They are under judgment. And that, 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 that hasn't changed. It's only that uh, we're seeing this as, as a spiritual thing happening rather than a physical thing happening. And, but the, the, the timing, the structure, the proofs, the signs, none of that has changed at all. None. None at all. And, and it's just amazing what God has, has shown us insofar as the proofs and the signs. What would those proofs and signs be, sir? Um, again, the only people experiencing tribulation are your followers. Is it, is it, is it fair to the people who have committed to you and who take your word as doctrine for them to leave their lead their lives in this way and to then take your apologies for misreading the bible and expectations that perhaps the date will come later do you feel any personal responsibility for all of these people who are putting their hopes and their trust in you you know if you have listened at all to family radio i have said it so many times i am not the authority i am not the authority the Bible is the authority. Now, I know there are people who trust their teacher because he has been uh, whoever their teacher might be because they found that he was trustworthy in the past. That's, that's, that's a problem. But I can't change that. I can simply say that very accurately again and again. I am not the authority. I will simply show you where to look in the Bible in order to see this or see that. But I, 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 all I am is a humble teacher. I, 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 I search the Bible. I search the Bible. Listen, I, had a, uh, I read you a letter from one of our listeners. I happen to know this person. This person is not a theologian at all. And yet I listened to it because this person made some very good statements. I'm, in fact, I'm a little surprised. I feel like I'm listening to a politician. That, that, uh, that how, how right those sound. Now, I'm not accepting it right down the line. I, this is something that we'll be studying, and others will be study, studying. We're, we're trying to be very careful. But, that, but the structure of God's timeline has not changed at all. Not at all. You have no recognition that there's a possibility you can make still another mistake and mislead other folks. There is no possibility that you might make it. Well, I, I, if, if, uh, my life and the life of many others is we keep studying the Bible. And if we found that we made a mistake, immediately we're going to correct that. Of course, we have not made a mistake insofar as the timeline, the, the unfolding. We have made it. We have not done a correct homework and understanding the nature of May 21, but it is the the fact is there. It was not a judgment day that was visible. It's an invisible judgment day. It's a spiritual judgment day, but it is judgment day. The world is under judgment. Right? Yeah, yeah. spiritual judgment day. 
day, just like the churches were first under, uh, under judgment for a period of 2,300 days. And then when the world, the judgment on the world was lifted and God began to bring the gospel again there and people began to become saved, their judgment stayed on the churches and, and remained to this day. It has not been lifted exactly. And that's why we see the terrible, terrible changes in the churches of our day. They're still under judgment. Mr. Kendi, previous to the 21st of May, people have asked you about the spiritual, uh, the spiritual judgment day, the spiritual earthquake, and you were very explicit at the time, explaining that you, you have been saying that... I, I can only really tell you this, that, uh, that I have been a full-time volunteer for the whole duration. You didn't hear me. Missing the point on purpose, maybe? Let I didn't me, understand your question. Let me finish my question. So, previous. She has actually asked a question. I'm afraid tacked off. No, I'll get you. How about life? How about life? Hold on. Wait. Thank you. Previously, to the 21st of May, people have asked you about a spiritual earthquake. And at that time, you were very explicit. You said it will not be a spiritual earthquake. There is no chance whatsoever that it will be a spiritual earthquake. It will be definitely a physical earthquake. How do you reconcile that with what you are saying now? Because, you see, when we study the Bible, we don't know everything. We're, we're, the Bible is very complex. I challenge yeah, any... Here we go. And now he's going to attack the perspicuity of Scripture. Maybe it's the Bible's really easy. It's just that your theology, because you keep making it up as you go along, is the thing that's so hard. Mm -hmm. Any one of you, you start reading the book of Jeremiah verse by verse, every or any other book of the Bible, but take a book like Jeremiah. And you start reading it and read every word and then uh, d try to decide what is God saying? What is God saying? Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever tried that, but that's a very good, uh, very good lesson for you to, t to test just what the Bible is. And you'll find that it, you'll read verse after verse and you'll wonder, what is God talking about? And yet, these, this is the way we have to search out the Bible. It's very slow and very, uh, very tedious. And yet, we have to do it. And we don't always hit the nail on the head the first time. Uh, we, uh, what we, uh, we, we were a long ways toward the right. We said that Judgment Day was going to be here. It is there. But it's not physically at this time. It is spiritual. But it, God, Christ has come. It is Judgment Day. We have not been wrong about that at all. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just nobody can see it. Nobody feels it. The only people who are suffering are camping's followers. Jesus said that in the last days there would be false Christ and false prophets. It makes you wonder uh, how weird that, that is that Harold Camping has become a sign of the end times. But the, the, yeah, if I understand you well, you are saying in a way that we as mere humans are not really capable of really understanding the Bible. Is that what you are saying? Re, uh, you, you are correct. 
You know, I use the I use the uh, we as mere humans cannot understand the Bible. You're correct. Apparently, Carol Camping is not a mere human. Illustration: The Bible gives us this wonderful illustration. A lot of us have heard about the Apostle Paul. He is one of the. Uh, he uh, wrote the letter to the Ephesians, to the Philippians, to the Colossians, to the. Uh, he has. Uh, he has written a whole lot of the material in the New Testament, and it was all dictated to him from God. But he was trained as a Pharisee, and he was a very intelligent Pharisee, highly schooled. The Bible claims that he was, he was uh, trained at the feet of Gamaliel, and then in the language of the Bible, that must have been one of the highest grade schools. And he was determined to serve God oh he was determined to serve God and so yet something was wrong he was living there with people who were had just heard about Christ and many of them fellow Jews were looking at Christ as their Messiah and Paul was so at that time his name was Saul his name was called Saul of Tarsus and he was so determined these people are are false they are they got to be killed if they don't renounce their ways and he was going to Damascus to Now this is interesting cuz the apostle Paul um do you think the reason why he uh, wrote his letters According to camping, via dictation, apparently, um, that's kind of a weird view of uh, inspiration. Um, but do you think he wrote them so that nobody can understand them? Because um, I find the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts arguing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. I mean, th- this doesn't prove anything. I mean, I, this guy is just th- obfuscating like you would. I, 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 oh, this, uh, this is unbelievable. I, I, Politic- Bill Clinton wasn't this bad. Paul, some of the Jews uh, there in Damascus to Jerusalem, put them on trial and have them killed. And on the way to Damascus, God struck him down and he was blinded. And he heard God speaking, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And then our God said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, and so on. Then he came into Damascus. And for these, was there blind and praying and praying. Finally, an Ananias, a preacher, came over to minister to him. And while he's ministering to him, we read there that scales fell off his eyes. That's a big statement because right after that, he was preaching Christ, 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 Christ in Damascus almost instantly. Because suddenly his spiritual eyes were open. That's the problem. We not only have to study the Bible and study the Bible and study the Bible, comparing Scripture with Scripture, but we have to pray and hope and and beg the Lord, oh, open my spiritual eyes that I might understand, because the Bible is a living book. It's not an ordinary book at all. How do you feel about wait, the lady who tried to take her life and her two daughter's life? How do you personally feel about that? How do you feel about this, this, this woman that this, her own life? She tried to take her life and her two daughters' life. Okay, her. now he's talking about a news story where a woman actually, uh, it, I, I'm not sure if it's been proven definitively whether or not she was under the influence of camping or not, but a woman who thought that the tribulation was coming tried to take her own life and kill her own two daughters as a means of keeping them from having to experience the uh, tribulation. 
Listen to Camping's response to this. I can remember. I, I heard that someplace that there's a woman who, who uh, uh, kill, killed her two children. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Did she kill them or attempted to? I'm sorry. She attempted to. She did not kill her children. Oh, she attempted to. Attempted to. Oh, okay. Oh my, that makes me feel better because death is. I yeah, rather than feeling bad about the fact this woman did what she did, he's just as happy. I feel so much better that she didn't succeed. It's terrible. It's contrary to everything the Bible teaches. That would have been a horrible thing if he, she had done that. That's, that. That would make me weak. That would be filled me with, with the sorrow that she would do that. The Bible teaches that we are to save life, not kill. If there's going to be death, leave it to God. God knows who he wants to kill and make alive. That's his business, not our business. And so I'll tell you, what you just told me is a great relief to me because I would I'd be sick at heart if someone had done such a stupid thing. Do you take any responsibility for that, Mr. Chairman? I'm so glad he feels better. I mean... Sorry. Do you take any responsibility for that fact? I'm sure that the two daughters uh, who were nearly murdered by their mother, I take uh, that, that they they're relieved that Harold Camping feels so much better. Have any responsibility? I don't. I can't be responsibility of anybody's life. I I'm only teaching the Bible. I'm not teaching what I believe or, or that, or as a, as that I'm the authority. I'm simply telling this is what the Bible says. And I, and we, I don't have spiritual rule over anybody except my wife. Because as the head of the house, I have spiritual rule over my wife a little bit. Not, not a whole lot, but, but, but she's a wonderful wife, so it doesn't require much. But, but the fact is... Uh, like in a church, the elders and the deacons and the pastor, they have the spiritual oversight of the members of the church. God ordained that. But the fact is that that uh, in family radio, we have the spiritual rule over nobody. We don't have a spiritual rule over our staff, any of our staff, whatever. We have people who agree with what we're teaching. We have people who don't agree. What about spiritual influence? We don't have any spiritual rule. We're, all we're doing is teaching the Bible, and the Bible has the spiritual rule, not what we say. You have not actually apologized publicly, have you? Uh, are you wait, prepared you to ask your questions? Wait. Are you prepared to apologize? Can you come in? Okay. Hold on. We have to pause for a moment. We'll be next after. Okay. Now, what is your question? Mr. Kevin, you admit that the Bible is very complex and difficult to interpret, that you made a mistake about what happened on Saturday, that it was spiritual and not physical, even though you guarantee it would be physical. How can you now, in good conscience, tell your followers that the world will end in October when you have made a mistake interpreting the Bible already? Uh, I, I have never, never told anybody that I'm infallible. Not at all. But God's his proofs are infallible because they come right out of the Bible. The signs that he has given, like gay pride as a 
evidence of the, uh, we're on the threshold of judgment or the fantastic increase in wickedness and uh, so on. All of that is a, uh, is, uh, they are signs that God gives and that, that is very trustworthy. But what I say is not, uh, I'm not infallible. That's why I, I uh, again and again, I've, uh, yeah, <laughs> in a way, I'm I'm kind of smiling. I've been in churches all my life. I have never heard a pastor. This is strange. Like I'm picking. I'm not. I I I have many pastors who are friends, and I've uh, but I've never heard a pastor from the pulpit ever say, you know, I used to teach this, and now no, that's not true, Doctor. I've heard lots of guys do that, and. Even I've done that. Dr. Spencer did tell me. He's, a, he, he, he's dead now, so I can talk about him. He's a friend, and he, uh, he, we used him in family radio for quite a few years. We still use him because, oh, my, the Lord had really laid his hand on him. But except for Dr. Spencer, I have never heard a pastor ever say, I was mistaken when I taught you last year. And now I've done a lot more study in the Bible, and God has opened my eyes, and now I want to teach you this. Now, there may be some, but I haven't heard them. And yet, there isn't any student of the Bible that can say, you know, I have never made a mistake, or I only remember one mistake. If we're learning, of course we're going to... You know, here's the deal, Harold. This is kind of a matter of perspective. Um, For instance, okay, what I used to believe regarding baptism when I was younger is not what I believe now. However, um, I don't know anybody who's sold their fortunes, uh, life savings, uh, and all of that, and are now broke uh, because I've I've changed my position regarding baptism or an eschatological position. You know, seriously. I mean, where is the perspective here? We're going to teach as God opens our eyes, and then later on we may say, Oh, my, I said that back then, and it wasn't correct. And you, if you listen to all of I think people need to stop listening to him until he's got all this figured out. ...of family radio, you'll find me here saying again and again, I used to teach this, and now I know it was wrong. And I don't hesitate, because it's my ego is not at stake. What difference does it make? Yeah, it's not your ego that's at at stake, just everybody, you know, people's fortunes, you know, their life savings, their entire lives, you know, things like that. have to do is be honest, that's all. I'm honest, trying to be honest with the Bible. I'm honest with those who are listening to me. And you have not publicly apologized. Are you prepared to do that at all? What was that question? Are you publicly, are you willing to publicly apologize for what you said about May 21, the character? For your mistake. If people want me to apologize, I can apologize, yes. I did not have the, the, all of that worked out as accurately as, it, as I should have, or I wish I could have had it. Yeah, uh-huh. It, uh, that doesn't bother me at all, because I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a genius, and I, I do. Yeah, I, you got that right. I pray all the time for wisdom, and and when I make an error, then I may I say yes, I was wrong. I have said that already three more than several times tonight. I was wrong. 
that was to be understood spiritually, not uh, not uh, uh, phys physically. And yet the sense of it is still the same, that judgment has come. It, the world is now under judgment where it was not prior to May 21. Yeah, just raise your voice. That'll make it more true. Spiritually, there's a big difference in the world that we can't detect at all with our eyes, but we can know from the Bible. Yeah, can you show me from the Bible how we can know that's true again? Um, are, are, are you, excuse me. Why did you think uh, there's so much attention from international media for this story? Why do you think there's so much international attention from the media because of for this story to make Is that your question? Yeah. Why is there so why are there so many why, people? Why is there so many people here right now? Well, I know this. God has commanded us to go out into the world and warn the world of judgment day. We no, Jesus has told us to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins in his name to all nations and to make disciples. Uh, you've attacked the church, said that Satan's running it, and it, really it seems like Satan's the one that's running family radio. Uh, one of the descriptive phrases of false teachers is that you know they're wandering stars. You can't navigate by them because they're always moving around. I think that fits Harold Camping. I mean... You know, I don't think he's got it all figured out yet, guys. This guy's not safe. I maybe give him another twenty more years, and he'll get it. You know, and maybe he can kind of get the, all the kinks worked out. Until then, I'd hate to be his theological experiment or guinea pig. Family radio or other organizations that are normally much smaller than family radio, and other people don't have as large a, a pulpit as we have or uh, been able to do as much as we have, but together, whatever we have done, we have done a fairly good job, a fairly good job. But Really, you got an F on the whole rapture thing. How do you say that you're doing a good job? But God has to do the perfect job, and so he utilizes the media uh, to fill, fill in the gaps where we haven't done it. I can tell you, from one standpoint, I thank God for the media. Because, because oh, I know. If it weren't for the media, <laughs> this story wouldn't be as big as it is. Yeah. Because of all your interest and and concerns and and uh, you, you've you've uh, uh, there's been articles in newspapers and in the internet and and TV and so on. And between what you have done as well as what we have done, the world really knows that we're there. There's another factor in this, of course, and that is... I'm sure the media is just thrilled that they've been willing accomplices to help get the word out about the spiritual day of judgment. As man was created in the image of God, the Bible teaches that. Every one of us, you may not know that or you may never think about it, but you are. Now, well, here's the audacity at this point. He, he's now going to try to evangelize the people in the media pool there, and they are absolutely incensed. Uh, this guy's audacity and lack of repentance and uh, it's unbelievable we're all created in the image of god intuitively whether we try to be an atheist or an evolutionist or an agnostic or or a, or a uh, this denomination or that denomination makes no difference we all know deep in their heart in our hearts we have to 
uh, someday answer to God. There's, Don't you think you're going to have to answer to God for your false prophecy? Finally, a final reckoning, because we all know that there is such a thing as sin. Uh, we can argue that, oh, not me, not me, I never sin. Not you. No, you're not guilty of taking the Lord's name in vain. No, not you. We're, we're lying to ourselves. We all know that. Uh, we all know that murder is sin. We all know that uh, lying is sin. We all know that sexual immorality is sin. We really and, and taking God's name in vain and prophesying falsely, that's a sin too. We know that. We can, we can try to talk around it, but we really know that. And we also intuitively know there is a God. All you have to do is start the home man I, it, it it really is amazing when man talks i don't think the people in the media pool there ha want to have anything to do with your god it's about uh, about uh, uh this world uh, developing over billions of years through adaptation when i think of the millions of life forms as complicated as they are and uh, the, uh, no evolution is... Yeah, not obviously not as complicated as the Bible to unravel. I mean, seriously, Harold Camping has made a great argument in favor of atheism. ...ever been, show, been able to show the evolution of a fly, or the evolution of a slug, or the evolution of a... a or, or a fulfilled Harold Camping prophecy. ...tiger or anything else. It's, uh, it's, it's pathetic, it's pathetic, but we... and and. Every one of you have a fancy camera, real fancy camera. And what happened was that somebody threw some pieces of metal out there about a million years ago, and that slowly through the years, that adapted itself until finally you were out there one day and you picked up that beautiful camera that somehow came into existence all by itself. And you're saying, you're nutty, man, you're crazy. Yeah, that's a crazy idea. How did that camera... How did that come into existence? How did that cell phone come into existence? Somebody designed it. Somebody designed it. Somebody fabricated it and tested it and so on. It's all done by activity uh, uh, by people. And the same way we're created in the image of God, how did that fly come into existence or that whale or that tiger or whatever? God designed it, except he's God. Yeah, that's great philosophical arguments for the existence of God. Um, but yeah, you, your God apparently only does things spiritually, not physically. God, and all he has to do is speak, and there it is, uh, because he is... Yeah, but you said he spoke and said that the rapture was taking place on May 21st, and it didn't materialize. God, but nevertheless, there had to require a designer, a maker... And who who cares for this world that keeps going? How God. Much money, how much money did you, as Family Radio, raise as a result of this campaign? And do you intend to return it? How much money has Family Radio raised for May 21? Yes. And well, I, 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 I really don't know. I do know. You know, we had two. We have had two sources of income. We've had the uh, gifts from our listeners, and we try to make those get as much mileage as we can because they're not giving it really to family radio they're really giving it because of their desire to propagate the gospel as every yeah but you're not preaching the biblical gospel believer is commanded to do and we are simply uh, emphasizing that we can do this more efficiently 
uh, we can get way more mileage out of a dollar with our with our, uh, our, our TV sta or with our uh, uh, radio stations and and so on the way we are doing it than you ever could for yourself. And do you intend but to return in, that money now? But in the other source, sir, do you intend to return that money now? That you I'm sorry. Do you intend to return that money now? You intend to return the money? That no, that money is still going out. We have, we still are continuing in business. We're not at the end. Why would we return? <laughs> we have, we are still. We're not out of business. We, we've learned now that may, we still have to go another five months. And will you, will you we, return it in October? Do you intend to return the money in October? Why would we return it? It's been given in order to get the gospel. If people always come back to money, money. It's Again, it's like he's purposely trying to miss the point. The point is, will you deed over the money to somebody else or return it on May 22nd when the earth is still here? It, it, it was given to get the gospel out, and we're spending it as wisely as possible. And maybe by October of 2021, we might only have $10 left. Will you dissolve the company in October? I'm sorry? Will you dissolve the company in October? Will we dissolve Family Radio in October 21? If, if it's the end of the world, God is going to dissolve it. This, I'm not the CEO. Don't, haven't you heard me say that again and again? I am not the CEO. I'm a servant of God working here, and God is the CEO. We look to him all the time for guidance, and he is the one who opens doors. I can tell many stories of marvelous open doors that God has given, and, and I often think, who are, who, who are we? We're, who am I? Here comes false humility. I, who am I? I'm just an ordinary human being. I've had a little college education, and uh, and uh, but then I look at Family Radio, and we're we're broadcasting all over the world in 75 different languages. And and how did all this happen? How does it happen? And we've got a 300,000 kilowatts uh, AM station in. Uh, uh, these this litany here is a litany of supposed miracles that prove that God is behind family radio. A, a 300 kilowatt station in uh, in uh, mainland in uh, Taiwan broadcasting to uh, to uh, uh, to mainland China. The largest station in the United States AM station is 50 kilowatts. We have a 300 kilowatt that we broadcast on. Uh, we have a 600 kilowatt that we worked out in co cooperation with the Taiwan broadcasting people that broadcasts to to uh, Indonesia and uh, and uh, to the Philippines. How did all that happen? Who are we? We're not. Uh, um, that it's not proof of a miracle or proof that God's behind you. Nothing. We're nothing. But God opens the door here. He and He provides an individual there when we need them and. And we, and uh, from time to time, as we uh, we see an opportunity, because we are trying to magnify or m m make as much hay as we can with everything that we're doing, and if we see a possibility, say, of, of uh, 
selling this station and buying this one and reach more people and, and come up with some cash in the meantime. Well, we've done that from time to time, and that also goes into the hopper. It didn't come from the listeners at all. Not at all. None of it. But it's all going out for the same purpose, to get the gospel out. None of it. We wrote into our, into our articles of incorporation when we first started that in, if we ever sold a station at a profit, no member of the board of directors, present or future, could ever get five cents for themselves. Not one of us has ever gained a, 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 a chunk. And this doesn't prove anything, and it's completely beside the point. Chunk of money out of family radio. Every nickel has been spent as fairly as possible, as, as efficiently as possible. And all you have to do is look at the records of what's happening in the business world or the political world or the school world. I don't care where you look. And everybody's out this way all the time. All they're looking at is greed, 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 greed. And you don't see that in family radio at all. We are, in fact, as I as president... You're right. We don't see greed, greed, greed. We see false teaching, false teaching, false prophecy, false prophecy, false prophecy, obfuscation, missing the point, uh, changing your story. Yeah, you're right. Who cares about the greed thing? That's not even what anyone's talking about. If I ever saw anybody that was beginning to little bit, uh, get a little greedy, I'll tell you, I... They were dealt with immediately because we don't do that. We just don't do that. We're in the business of serving the Lord, not of, of garnering, garnering, garnering anything for ourselves. What kinds of Christians uh, do you believe are going to ascend in the rapture? And what's going to become of all the Jews and Hindus and Muslims in the world? What is the question? The question is, what kind of, what's, who's the true belief? And will that will everyone else be left behind of other religions? Of other religions like Jews or, or Hindus. Hindus or, or Muslims or anything else. What kind of Christian do you believe will ascend in the rapture and what will become of all the other? The fact is there's only one kind of people that will ascend into heaven and that has nothing to do with any re religious. They could be a Hinduist, they could be a Muslim or whatever, if, if God has saved them, they're going to be caught up. And God, uh, uh, in fact, it's interesting. This is very significant in the Bible again and again when it talks about the end of the world. I don't even know what he's talking about. If God saved them, even if they're Hindu, they'll already make it. What? It says the last shall be first and the first shall be last. That's repeated several times. And that has some very important spiritual significance. Because the last are those who know the least about the Bible. Who have probably never heard the What? The Bible before until they got the message uh, through the media and through family radio activity that May 21 is Judgment Day. And, uh, and uh, they, 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 they got that came from the Bible, and so they, they have heard the word of God. And if God has decided to save them, and God knows whom he, whom He's going to save, they don't have to know all about the Bible. They don't have to know about about uh, all the things that we learn in the Scriptures. They just have to know God has spoken, and I 
oh god have mercy on me have god have mercy on me and that can be of any anyone at, at all it isn't be and and in fact those who are the first they're the ones that have had the bibles all their years and they have they're not they're not they don't have an understanding of the truth of the bible they have right yeah man have an, their own understanding have you ever wondered have you, you, i think that uh, actually the shoe fits on him not the other way around have you ever wondered just think about this for a moment there are many many denominations and everyone if you happen to be a roman catholic you are convinced this is the best church in the world if you yes there are different doctrines out there there are different church bodies the question is which one is telling you the truth you are a presbyterian you this is the best church in the world if you are 70 Adventists, this is the best church in the world that is everyone belongs to the denomination that they belong to because they believe that is the best if you sit down and read their un understanding the roman catholics have their understanding of the christian religion the Methodists have theirs, the Presbyterian has theirs, the, the Mormons have theirs, and so on. And, and Harold Camping has his. Find that not any two of them are in agreement. They all have all kinds of different conclusions. Yet they all claim they... they so we should just throw them all out then, Harold. It all came from the Bible. So what does that tell you? At most, only one of them could have it accurate because God doesn't talk out of both sides of his mouth. It just shows that what the churches call their Christian religion isn't necessarily from the Bible. Maybe it started, but their theologians have twisted it a little bit. Uh, what about you? I mean, you are clearly, by the biblical definition, a false prophet. Unbelievable. Uh, here and there to make it satisfactory to what they wanted to believe. And so they ended up with an entirely different Christian religion or substantially different than all the other denominations. And so it tells you that's why in family radio, if, if you have listened at all, what do we emphasize? The church says this or the church says that? No way. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. It all comes from the Bible. And yeah, um, no, it seems to come more from Harold Camping and his bizarre hermeneutic. Only the Bible. And, uh, and we just have to keep studying the Bible and knowing that every word in the original language came from the mouth of God. You just spoke about how powerful and influential Radio 1 has become, which is precisely why you do have some responsibility. So my question is, what advice do you give those followers who did take you literally and spent everything they had and are worried about how they're going to survive between now and October 21st? You know, the fact is that just as I'm talking... Now listen to this answer. ...very candidly to you, and I'm also... We're on the we're on the radio right now. There are probably more people listening to the open forum tonight than have ever been because we've had so much publicity about family radio, and we haven't. Uh, and I've we've told them ahead of time that we're going to have this kind of a meeting here on uh, this evening, and so they're all hearing exactly what you're hearing.
Yeah, what the people who are completely broke and penniless now, what 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 comforting words can you give them? Given up everything they have because they took the prediction. Well, please understand, we don't advise anybody what to do with how. We're not in the business of financial advice. Well, I'm not saying you told them what to do, but because they did believe that the end of the world was to this past Saturday, they gave up all their world possessions and their money, and now you have a different interpretation that focuses on the spiritual. So what do you tell those followers who did not understand you know, that, you, as you, you did you, not you, understand let, let me Let me answer it this way. We, had a, we just had a great recession, a great recession. There are lots of people that lost their jobs. There are lots of people that, uh, that lost their houses. Lots of people, not just a few, but lots of people. Uh, uh, lots of people had uh, uh, this and that. And somehow they all survived. They all had uh, maybe a cousin helped them or a brother or a sister or the, or the, the city helped them or Maybe they had to cut their income, their living expenses way, way down. Some cases that was really very severe. Well, now I'll tell you, I'll tell you what has happened to the average person that has been faithfully listening to family radio isn't nearly, isn't nearly as grievous as it has happened to countless people during this present recession where they've lost their homes. Yeah, well, if they can't pay their bills because they spend all their money, it's just a matter of time before they lose their homes. And, and so on and so on. So, please, please, people cope. People cope. And, and we're not in the business of giving any financial advice. We're in the business of telling... That's right. If you gave everything for the rapture, um, well, and you have nothing left, you need to find a way to cope. Telling people, look, there's someone you can talk to that can maybe guide you, maybe help you. And that's God. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Pray without ceasing. I'll tell you, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. When we get to a point in our life where uh, a lot of times the best times of our life is when our back is against the wall and we don't know where to go. See, this is just an opportunity for some growth in your, on your part if you've lost everything. What to do? And so finally you're pleading with God and pleading with God. Oh, God, have mercy. Have mercy. I don't know what to do. And that can be just the time that you're really being drawn to God like you've never been. Believe you me, believe you me, God is very real, very real. And, uh, and I can personally testify. I've had many times in my life where I didn't know what to do next. Yeah, Which, yeah, and your testimony is so believable. And, and yet I pleaded and, and talked with God and prayed and prayed. And the next thing I would see and say, see a little door open here or a little door open there, which I never expected. I agree with you. So I think that what they have to do, you're saying, is pray, become self-reliant and not rely on someone else's information because it may be incorrect. But just to go within and trust themselves, perhaps. Is that the advice, maybe? 
Well, no, they're not. That's the point of prayer. You don't lie, rely on your own understanding. That's the point of prayer. You're relying on God to help you. And, and, and excuse me. Now, look, I'm praying to God. I don't have a job. So I'm lying in bed. Hmm. Lord, oh, have mercy. I need a job. I need a job. Lord, have mercy. I need a job. I've got a family to support. But, boy, this bed is comfortable. I don't want to get out of this bed. You know, that's pure hypocrisy. So uh, how does this fit to your followers who gave up everything, volunteered all of their time? They, They didn't suffer from laziness, sir. They were deceived. That's pure hypocrisy. We don't go to the Lord like we... Like that, we go to the Lord, saying, "Oh Lord, I'm 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 searching. I'm and have mercy. Is it possible that as I search and as I do this and that, that maybe there is a solution? But thank, thank, and and maybe God wants me to sweat for a while. Yes. Safe to say that the mainstream population that heard about. May 21st, didn't believe it, it didn't happen, now they say, see, this is ridiculous, and at best, sort of a misguided prediction, or at worst, some kind of scam. Does it worry you that you have hurt the credibility or made a mockery in some ways of religion? Oh, no, I don't, no, no, excuse me, just like what I've said before. There's no pastor in the world that ever, that's not the right statement. Most pastors would never admit they make a mistake because they're trying to preserve their own credibility in the eyes of those who are listening, or maybe they... It sounds to me like that's what you're trying to do, Harold. ...insist they're maintaining the credibility of the Bible, but the fact is they're not. They're not. And all I can do is go to the Bible and, and very humbly say, look, I, I have done some more study or somebody has sent me a, an idea about this verse and I've checked it out and I find that I have to make a change in it. That doesn't, that doesn't hurt the credibility of the Bible at all. It just shows us that we have feet of clay, that we're not perfect. And, and God has to keep opening our eyes and, and you know, the, the, the big, God says again and again, he resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And I am hearing a lot of pride from Harold Camping here. How about you? He, uh, he, there are verse after verse in the Bible where God really resists those who come in their pride. And there's nothing more, uh, 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 there's one thing that, ought, that should be seen in everyone who claims to be a child of God is humility. Humility. I'm nothing. I, I, whatever I, I know or whatever I'm doing, I have to credit God altogether. I pray again and again. There's a verse in Philippians 2 where it says, Work out your own salvation. And that is, that is the salvation that God has provided. You work it out. And then it says, For it is God who causes you to will and to do of his good pleasure. So even when we do something well done, I can't take any credit. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you guided me this way. I, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And that's, 
Uh, it, I'll tell you, it's a, I can recommend this to anybody. It's a wonderful way to live when we walk humbly before God. Because you're never trying to, trying to show how smart you are or how wise you are. You are simply uh, giving all the credit to God, and that's where it should go. Stop predicting the end. Why not stop? Well, my dear friend, my dear friend, I'm sorry that we are at the end of our time and I can't entertain any more questions. I thank you for being so kind to me. You haven't asked me any embarrassing questions at all. If you thought you could try to find one, at least I haven't. I've been grateful for all your questions and, and I just hope that you are faithful in reporting honestly all together honestly if you could even do that favor for me i would be very happy good night yeah i i just had to play it just had to play it so that you can hear it for yourself unbelievable no repentance no remorse no responsibility uh, oh we just well we we just had to look a little further, and well, wouldn't you know, we we finally figured it out that this was a spiritual rapture, and now, oh, man. Folks, this is not the voice of a Bible teacher or a Christian man. This is the voice of a cult leader, self-deceived and deceiving, unrepentant and defiant, full of quack doctrines that have nothing to do with what the Christian church has believed, taught, and confessed from the beginning. Jesus made it clear that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, and Harold Camping says that Satan has been ruling the church. Which is it? Yeah, I'm just going to sign off. I, what did you think? I, 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 I'm just dumbfounded, flabbergasted, absolutely incensed by what I heard tonight. And I had to listen to it a few times. I, I, oh, man. What did you think? If you'd like to email me your thoughts on what you just heard, you can do so. My email address, talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. Or you can ask to be my friend on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Or you can follow me on Twitter. My name there, Pirate Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.